the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thank you very much for joining us. This is episode 283 of the Boys of Tech for the week commencing Monday the 30th of June 2012. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined over Skype by my co-host Ben Songo. Hi Ed. Hey, how you doing Ben? Yeah, good thanks. How are you? I'm great thanks. I, uh, you know, the weekend's all done and dusted and it happened again far too fast. The weekend happened again too fast, or it finished too quickly. Yeah, that's what I mean to say, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you said it in a really roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of ended all too quickly. That's that's kind of what I wanted to say. Yeah, mm. as it always does. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? All right, Ben, so I've got four stories to talk about this week, kicking off with Amazon. Now, Amazon is, of course, renewing its contract negotiations with the independent publishers who are not too happy about some of the the clauses it's trying to put in. I guess the biggest thing, well, there's a number of things, but certainly one big thing is the this print-on-demand clause. Amazon want to be able to, uh, obviously subject to, the, uh, to this clause being signed off as part of the contract negotiations, if a publisher is out of stock of a particular book and someone orders it, they want to be able to print that book themselves on demand. This, of course, does require, and this is part of the deal that they're wanting to ratify, it does require the publisher to supply a copy of the book electronically, or electronic version of the book, I should say. What do you reckon, Ben? I mean, print-on-demand locally just makes sense. Like, if you're ordering a book, why should it be sent from overseas? I, so, I mean, I, it, I, on the face of it, I'm, I'm for that sort of thing because it's, you know, it's better for the environment, it's better all around. I mean, they are making a valid point that it's, it's probably going to be a lesser quality product because it probably will. But, yeah, I don't know. I have problems with the way that Amazon do things, but... The selling of the books in that manner, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with. Hmm. Um, but I think it's the way they go about it, and like I, I think that potentially, if this was the only, if this was the only part of it, there probably wouldn't be the opposition to it. I think the the way that Amazon prices things and forces things and puts restrictions on what you can and can't do, I think those uh, are the bigger deal. The independent publishers that don't like this print-on-demand clause, they're saying that when they print it, they're obviously going to not get the same cut that they normally do if they're selling a physical copy of the book that you know, Amazon has purchased wholesale from them. And moreover, Amazon does have a very, very big footprint. They're, they're huge in the market. They're, you know, they're the biggest online bookseller. And because of their market dominance... The publishers really feel like they've got no, basically they've got no choice because they feel that if they don't sign, Amazon will basically walk away from them and then how are they going to sell books? I mean, you know, if you, you, you know, you can sell it through the, through the traditional 
bricks and mortar stores, and that's fine. But you also need to, to be in the online space. If you're not there, you're not you're not in the front runners. So they've got no, they feel like they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, that's that's the bit that I have the problem with is the fact that Amazon has that ability to just to just dominate like that, like. Selling books that are printed on demand, I think, in general, is a good thing. But the fact that they can blackmail and and put people out of business—that's the—that's the problem, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and whether the print on demand is a tool that lets them do that, and that's why it's bad. I mean, I guess it's—I guess a similar thing might be, um, say, the BitTorrent protocol. Like the BitTorrent protocol itself is absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, the the distribution of um, files and sharing of files and not having to have a central um, server to be able to to send out files to a lot of people. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic technology. Yeah. But as soon as somebody says BitTorrent, the first thing that comes to mind is, is piracy. Hmm. Um, and it's always going to be tarred with that, even though it's you know if you're a, if you're a small software distributor, that would be by far the best way to distribute your software. But a lot it's, of game patches are put out that way, aren't they? Yeah, because I mean they just don't have they can't afford the bandwidth. Yeah, and I mean why not? Um, but it's going to take a, it's going to take a lot to get that protocol back. And I wonder if this is the same sort of thing. Like you know, print on demand in itself is fantastic, but because Google is using it as a, a way of attacking, sorry, not Google, <laughs> um, Amazon is using it as a way to attack these people, then it's just going to become something that you can't actually be vocal about. Which is sad. Yeah. Another clause that Amazon want to put in is the uh, this clause that forces the publishers to offer the same deals to Amazon that are offered elsewhere. So, in other words, if a if a uh, a publisher does a special deal for a particular retailer or retailer network, even if it's a promotional thing for a period, Amazon will get the same deal if they get their way. And and now we're getting into the bit where I really don't like it. Um, and I don't know that anyone could say that this is a fair thing. Um, I mean, the ability to offer deals to people is, is fundamental. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. You know, Ben, if, if Amazon, if we replaced Amazon with, uh, you know, in the story, if you like, with a, a little local bookstore, even a small nationwide chain in New Zealand, say, now the publishers would just say, would just laugh at you and go, "Yeah, whatever, goodbye." But because yeah. it's Amazon, this is the thing. Because Amazon has a huge slice of the market, this is where the publishers feel caught. Yeah, I mean, we hear about similar things in supermarkets with the buying ability of supermarkets and just being able to to dictate their own prices, their own terms, and yeah. Now that's um, that's very. Uh, topical at the moment here in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically a form of um, like mafia, or it really is. It's, it's extortion. Like people don't really have alternatives, and you just you know, if you can't fight it, you just have to do it. Mm. And it's yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult bit... where to where to draw the line because you know the you know, the whole philosophy of the you know the free market you know but then uh, there's you know if you go too far that way and this gets into politics which we're not really supposed to do but on this show <laughs> but if you go too far down that track then you get situations where it's really not good for for anyone except for one company and is it I mean is it really politics when you're looking at the like the socioeconomic effects of policy i mean does that 
like when when are you discussing an economic system and when, and how the political environment impacts that versus the actual like commenting on the political environment? Um, like, can you have a conversation about the effects in the economy without actually without, without getting to the politics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Cause well, I think it's one of these things though, that there are two sides, Ben. That you can argue both sides, and and then you get to this, and and that's fine. But it, it's when you start going, well, this way is better than that way for these reasons. I don't know. Yeah. But do you have to qualify the discussion with, like, saying? this particular way that these people do or just saying this particular way is better um, is enough of a to breach like sort of to be talking political I'm not I'm not really sure I don't know either but I think it's safer to move on to the next story <laughs> <laughs> how about that oh touche <laughs> um, in which case we're going to talk about Google's new car the new driverless car now Google have been sort of working on driverless cars for about nine years now almost ten years and uh, you know there's there's been different iterations but this new one is built from scratch meaning it's got no brake pedal no accelerator and most importantly no steering wheel well, I mean, that just makes sense. It does, because exactly. If you're going to build one from the ground up, that's exactly what it's going to be like, right, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it does sound ludicrous, but it just makes sense. Well, you see, the thing is, though, they, you know, the previous versions were ordinary cars that have been adapted to, you know, and of course they don't remove the steering wheel. They just leave it there, and it drives itself. The steering wheel turns around when it needs to. But of course, uh, when you're building a, a car from, you know, from scratch, well... You know, you just don't put those things in because you don't need them. No, and um, the only reason you would put one in is for sort of nostalgic reasons, really. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, you could. You could put play ones in there, maybe. Kids could maybe... I don't know if you really want your kids in the front, though, but... Maybe have it be the volume control for the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That'd be quite fun. So Google say that it's going to only have a stop and a go button, no steering wheel, no pedals. The big thing, though, here really is trust. So how do you tell it where you want to go? Yeah, I, I don't know how they're doing that at the moment, to be honest. But I think the biggest thing, though, Ben, is going to be trust, right? Because imagine getting into a car with no steering wheel. Somehow you've programmed it to probably via your Android phone or something. You've told it where you want to go. It's one thing to sit in a room and talk about it, but to actually get in that car and have it drive down the road and then onto the highway... And, well, and, and didn't that, it have a top speed of 25 miles actually, an hour or yeah, this, So it's not going to be going on the highway. Yeah, no, that's right. You, this, this partic- yeah, this particular one is top speed of 20. What is that actually in, in uh, uh, metric? Let me, like, let me do a quick conversion. Nearly, nearly 50. I think it's like 45. Or- uh, 40. 40. Yeah, there you go. So 40 Ks. Yeah, that's not particularly fast at all. No. But, I mean, the, this, the first thing that came to mind for me was like um, taxis. Like if you, yeah. If you, like imagine a whole taxi network. Like, if, do you remember Total Recall, the movie from the eighties, the old Arnie movie? I, I, I should be saying yes, but sorry. Oh, Ed. <laughs> um, they had something I've heard of called, it though. They had Johnny cabs, and that was just like these robotic cabs, um, and that's exactly what we'll get. You see that I can. You know what? I can so see that. I really can. Just makes sense, especially for that late night crowd. You know, yeah, the, yeah. where they they cause trouble sometimes. Yep. And, just chuck a couple of these out there; it'll be fine. Yeah. You just you you ring up, you order your cab, you tell them exactly where you want to go. They program it in. It's all good. Yeah, I think that's great because you need a, a camera because so, people are going to 
possibly vandalize the car, um, trash, you know, leave stuff in the car, things like that. So stuff that happens now anyway, I'm sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, once you've got a driver, they can you can have a driver that yells at them to to, to tell them to take that bottle with you when you get just out. electrify the seat. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the doors lock until they, uh, yeah, you know, just drive them to a police station. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I like it. Drive it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's fantastic. Love it. Now, anyway, um, this is the way, of course, things are going to go. Driverless cars. I mean, you know, these days also planes could be drive, uh, driverless, pilotless, driverless. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they do most of the time, don't they? And they they fly by themselves. Yeah, most pretty of the much time. for for the for the most part. Uh, takeoff and landing is still very much, uh, you know, all eyes and all hands on deck. But mm. during the cruise part, it's it, you know, it's autopilot. Uh, but you know, there's no reason why these days. Even planes can, you know, can't just be. Buses yeah. would be good. Yeah, buses too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially with our trolley yeah. network, that would be fantastic because they can only go so many places. Oh, they you're can, referring to the Wellington uh, trolley buses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which they're yeah. going to be getting rid of, but um, well, that's but fine. yeah, that would have made really good sense. Mm. Driverless is where it's going. And speaking of driverless, I don't know if you've uh, seen the video, the uh, promotional video for the Cruise RP1 kit. Have you seen no. that, Ben? No, I haven't. It's the so what it is. It's the uh, it's a kit that transforms regular Audis into driverless cars. There's a module that goes on the roof. Some of it goes elsewhere in the boot and so on. And uh, yeah, it basically turns your Audi into a uh, into a driverless Audi. I mean, taking a Google car that's been built from scratch to do it is one thing. I mean, screwing on a little box to your roof and and doing it is a little bit different. And the fact that this only works on, like, the motorway, yeah, this I'd be a little bit more reluctant about. Well, this also only works with Audi, the Audi A4 and S4 models. But, you know, the thing is, the thing I like about this is that they're going for a different angle. So th- the angle that this crowd are taking is... Whilst you're, in, you know, you're in commuter traffic and you just want to sort of sit back for a while, it's not so much your woe to go, you know, um, I want to get from A to B, I'm mobility impaired or whatnot. It's just about, well, I'm driving my car, right? I want, I kind of want a, a hands-free mode, if you, if your concentration-free mode. Audi, you take over for a bit. That's kind of the angle these guys are taking. Mm, I mean, which, that- which I think is, you know, there's a valid, uh, valid market for that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I just don't like about this is the fact that they're sort of not linked into the manufacturer and it's a aftermarket thing. I mean, it's kind of good, it's kind of bad. It's 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 good because you'll be able to use it on a wider range of cars eventually, but it's bad because you don't you can't really rely on stuff the way you would if it was sort of yeah. more related to the manufacturer. Yeah, I'd uh, yeah, I, I'd actually have a lot more faith in the product if it was actually either made by Audi, obviously, or if it was made in partnership with Audi. Cause yeah, I can, like I can't, marketed by them. And, yeah, see, I can't, yeah. as far as I can tell, uh, you know, I haven't obviously interviewed these guys, but as far as I can tell, it's not, it doesn't sort of have Audi's name on it. No, no, such, it doesn't you know? sound It's like not that. really, yeah. And so I, I don't know. it that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd be, I'm the same. I'd prefer it was an option that Audi offered, like, do you want this? And then, you know, they are responsible for it. Um, because oh, that'd, that'd be even what, better, happens, yeah. what happens if you crash with this? I'm, I'm sure that you yeah, would see, sign I'm, away all liability. Well, you know um, what? I, I don't know, but I'm waiting. For, would you be insured? That's a really good question. Mm. Certainly if you're in a state or in a country that doesn't allow 
you know, driverless uh, technology, then obviously that's that's an easy answer. But in California, I know that's uh, you know that's legal, and this unit complies with that. But yeah, I don't know how insurance companies are looking at it. I I haven't really looked at that. I'm sure this would record, like you know, have a buffered record. So if it crashed, you'd have a history. But you know, if you could actually show that the computer was at fault, um, yeah, um, I mean that would yeah. be an interesting court case. I know. I'm kind of you know the whole driverless thing. Really, even Google's built yeah. from scratch car. I'm kind of waiting for the first lawsuits on this. If I was Google, I would put cameras and sensors and GPS and absolutely everything into the car and record everything so that when that first case comes up, you've got, you know, here is everything that happened. Um, Full service history, like absolutely everything. Mm. Yeah. That that whole area kind of makes me a bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's certainly the way the world's going, and I know a lot of these are concept cars and concept products. Uh, well, the Cruise RP1's, uh, well, it's not available yet, but it's when it's available next year, it's uh, it's going to be a production unit. But you know, it's still very much early days. So let's let's see how things go. I haven't actually heard in New Zealand, Ben. Have you about uh, driverless technology? Wonder what uh, the uh, NZTA say about that. No, I haven't. No. No, I don't think there is any. You know what? It might be good to do an interview with NZTA, actually. We'll see if we can get someone in, uh, in to talk to us on that and talk about driverless cars. Mm. and dri- Well, driverless technology. And where's our flying cars? Why don't we have flying cars? Yeah, here? we were promised those in the 80s, weren't we? Yeah, I felt ripped off. Yeah, me too. We're supposed to have but shoes that can tie themselves. We're supposed to have flying skateboards. Yeah, the hover- hoverboards, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, to, to me, I'd rather have a... Uh, a hoverboard than a, I don't know why, but I'd rather have a hoverboard than a flying car. I think if you've got a hoverboard, you could probably have a flying car. I don't think the two would be mutually exclusive. <laughs> no, once you see, yeah, <laughs> you're right. But I don't know. I just rather, what I'm saying is that I think the experience riding on a hoverboard would be more interesting than uh, flying or driving, whatever you would call it, in a flying car. Well, I guess, yeah, we all know how you are fanatical about your skateboarding, so it makes sense that you'd get into hoverboarding. (laughs) (laughs) I know, there was sarcasm there for those who didn't pick up on that. Okay, I'm not a skateboarder, but, you know, I don't know, it just does something for me. Anyway, let's talk about the last story, which is Microsoft, just from the rumour mill now. The rumour is that Microsoft may make Windows 9 available free to certain customers, probably those who have purchased Windows 8.1 or the eight point, the new update, which may be 8.2. It'll be finally, uh, finally be good value for money. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing, uh, you know, the other thing they announced is that in this later version, there's going to be the option to disable Metro completely on the enterprise version, which is uh, what a lot of business users want. And I think it's kind of an admission in a way that one operating system for both desktop and mobile devices is not the right path. And even Brett agrees with this, that Apple have actually chosen, made the right decision, which is the two OSs will never be the same, but there will certainly be some common ground where it applies. Even Brett agreed with that, which I was Wow. I don't think it's necessarily agreeing with Apple. It's just agreeing that that was a stupid idea right from the start, regardless of who did it. it oh, the, the merging it, of into yeah, one. It yeah, it does not work. No, yeah. I mean, 
how could it work when you used we got one thing that has a screen that's the size of your hand and the other thing that will potentially have a screen the size of a wall i mean it just doesn't make any sense yeah and one of them you use you know your finger to swipe and gestures and so on and push buttons and so on and yeah. the other one you typically have a keyboard or mouse you could use this you know you could use touch as well but it's not going to be your primary interface because you're going to get a sore arm for a start on a vertical and, surface. And like it said for business users users you want to be using the skills you oh, have which totally. is yeah so mm. it was it was horrible right from the start it was always going to be horrible so yeah good on them for finally realizing that mm. So anyway, so if you are a rec- if you've purchased uh, Windows eight point one, or if you're going to purchase Windows, it's quite likely. Well, if the rumor turns out to be true, you'll be able to get Windows nine for free. How about that? Mm, There's about no better time to buy Windows than now. Did mm, I say that? Mm, yeah, but you're going to cut that out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the power of editing—it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, uh, Ben, I think that's it. We've done it. We've uh, whipped through those four stories. There's not really any groundbreaking tech news at the moment, but I kind of no. like, I must say, I like the Cruise RP1 kit we talked about. Yeah, and well, next week's Boys of Tech is going to be hostless with new technology that can run a, a podcast with no hosts. <laughs> hey, we could put a couple of chatbots, you know, Liza engines on that, that would text be pretty, to voice. That would be pretty cool, especially if we could record our voices to do... Oh, it's synthesized in our voice. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> you could have an argument with yourself. It would be great. You know what, Ben, though? I know that was tongue-in-cheek, but I think there'll be a day where we will have... In fact, I think there's already been concepts on this. News and podcasts delivered by a uh, a robot. Now, we um, can currently do that with by by telling it what to say, but I, what I'm getting at is that step further where it finds out what to say itself. Like it, it scans the news stories and forms its own presentation for you. Do you know what I'm your, saying? Your operating system will end up doing that, I think. Well, actually, yeah. 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 It'll just become a, an AI that you interact with and yeah. you ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that actually. Mm. I can yeah. see that. All right, that's it, Ben. Thank you very much for co-hosting. You're welcome. That was good. All right, well, we'll do it again next week, as per usual. And until then, have yourselves a great week. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.